On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Giga Texas hits a significant production milestone, and Elon Musk gives an update on Tesla's big plans for the factory. Plus, Elon returns to Jay Leno's garage, Smart Summon and Auto Park are about to get upgraded, and more. Hello from Los Angeles. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, episode 373 for September 25th, 2022. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I have uh, just touched down in the City of Angels not more than an hour or two ago. I'm in my hotel room set up, and I am here getting a podcast done for you. I'm recording early because I'm here on business for uh, a a thing on Friday here, tomorrow as I record, and I'm not sure how that day will go, if I'm going to end up tied up in the evening at a dinner or something with the people that I'm here to see, so I wanted to make sure to get the podcast done early. As such, as usual with this, if anything big happens on Friday, I'll get that news and analysis out to you on next week's episode. Hey, by the way, before I get started, I had a random like shower thought this week, and that is this. Because I don't know where else in the podcast to put it, so I'm just going to mention it here at the top. Tesla, in my opinion, would be missing a layup if they do not refer to sentry mode in the Cybertruck as the cybersecurity system. Come on, they got to do it, right? That is just right there waiting for them to take. So uh, I will look forward to that hopefully being the case in the Cybertrucks. Also of note, on a more serious note, a public service announcement, for those of you who have been waiting for this, and I know a lot of you have, Tesla is finally selling a CCS1 combo adapter in the U.S. online Tesla shop. It's $250, and the product description reads as follows. Expand your fast charging options with the Tesla CCS Combo 1 adapter. The adapter offers charging speeds up to 250 kilowatts and can be used at third-party charging networks. The CCS Combo 1 adapter is compatible with most Tesla vehicles. Some vehicles may require a retrofit to enable use of the CCS Combo 1 adapter. Sign into your Tesla account to check compatibility. Note, for vehicles requiring a retrofit, please check back in, uh, please check back in early 2023 for availability. Now, uh, for those of you who are able to immediately utilize this, it is still in stock as of me recording this on Thursday night, and it went on sale on Wednesday, which is surprising in the sense that most new items that hit the Tesla online shop tend to sell out pretty quickly. Still, if this is of interest to you, I would not wait if you're thinking of ordering. Though, of course, make sure you're signed in and check to see if your car is going to need a retrofit. Uh, before you do so, just so that you have all the information. Also, uh, as as always at this part of the show, I mentioned that I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode exclusively for Patreon. This one was about my personal 10 favorite racing slash driving video games of all time. And I organized them chronologically from a game in 2021 going all the way back to the late 80s. So, you know, my my Tesla and video game worlds tend to overlap from time to time. You've heard it 
from here from time to time on the podcast like when I was interviewing Elon and he out of nowhere mentioned oh we got we have Cuphead coming to the cars and it's like wait a minute Cuphead I cover that game for my day job I know the developers of that game so the the uh, worlds do collide sometimes and I thought well it'd be fun on uh, on that ludicrous tier and up lightning round mini episode to just uh, talk through some of my favorite racing and driving games anyway uh, anybody that wants to hear that, if you're not already with me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast and find out how to sign up or just which tier you want to sign up for, the ludicrous or higher and all the different perks and benefits attached to those. Finally, before I get started with the week's proper news, one more reminder. I'm going to just mention this every week just because the repetition helps. I know, you know, you hear something once and you might not, as my ring whacks the desk, sorry about that. You hear something once, you might not think much of it, but you hear it a few times and and it might start to, to sink in a little and maybe you want to take action. And that action might be TeslaCon Florida. It's coming up. I will be there. They have kindly invited me as a featured speaker. It's happening the weekend of October 21st and 22nd at Cape Canaveral. If you'd like to learn more, go to TeslaConFlorida.com, and I look forward to hopefully meeting a number of you there. All right, off with this week's proper news. We start in Texas with Giga Texas making its 10,000th Model Y. Tesla used its official Twitter and Instagram accounts to mark the occasion, posting simply 10,000 Model Ys built at Giga Texas to date with a photo, as Tesla likes to do, of the entire Giga Texas manufacturing team, or hopefully at least most of them, I hope we're able to get in the picture for that, with with the 10,000th Model Y. And if you're curious, because I know I always am, like recently the 2 millionth uh, car out of Fremont was a red performance Model 3. The car in question here, the 10,000th Model Y, was a white Model Y, though we don't know if it's a 2170 battery-based Model Y long range or a standard range all-wheel drive Model Y 2.0 with the 4680 battery cells and the structural battery pack. The first car that they officially made, production vehicle that they made out of Texas was certainly a 4680 car, a Model Y 2.0 as I like to call them. So my just personal, meaningless, sentimental hope is that this number 10,000 was also a Model Y 2.0. You know, I suppose just for fun, you can mark it down that from the grand opening of Giga Texas, the Cyber Rodeo party back in early April that hopefully some of you got to attend, it was about five months to get to the 10,000th Model Y. File that away, that number away in your mind, and we will see how long it takes Tesla to build 10,000 Cybertrucks out of that same factory once the Cybertruck goes into production in the middle of next year, albeit on a completely, drastically different production line that's supposed to be a much simpler one once all of the initial ramp-up speed bumps are smoothed out. So it'll just, you know, just a little data point here. We'll see how long it takes to get to 10,000 Model Y, uh, which is a vehicle designed to be relatively simple and cheap to manufacture, but being so different, the ramp could go slower than this Model Y ramp in Texas has. It could go way faster. We will wait and see. Now, speaking of Giga Texas, Elon Musk gave Tesla Roddy an update on the site's expansion plan. 
Remember back when Giga Texas was first getting started and Elon had talked about having a public river walk adjacent to the factory? Sounded great. Well, he has given his first update on that particular portion of the project in quite a while, telling Teslarati, quote, ecological paradise plans from south portion of Giga Texas to the river look great. However, we must first get the factory financially on its feet. What that means, we don't really know. Maybe we'll get a little more light on that, a light shed on that at the next earnings call if uh, any of the shareholders the analysts that are lucky to get on that call think to uh, to ask about it, or if a question gets upvoted by enough retail shareholders. Anyway, Elon continued, the area from South Giga to the river really will be next level great and open to the public. The long-term goal is a boardwalk with amenities that goes all the way to downtown Austin so you can walk, bike, or kayak, end quote. Well, That sounds great. I have to confess, I don't know Austin very well. I haven't been down there in years. I have been a couple times, but it's been quite some time. But to my Austin listeners out there, hopefully you can picture that, and hopefully it's a pretty picture. And this comment, by the way, was in response to Tesla Roddy's report that Tesla has revised its application with Austin's housing, planning, and development this past week to specify that the factory site was going to expand by 500,000 square feet. So this quote-unquote ecological paradise, as Elon put it, is part of that. So I think I will use this opportunity at this point of the podcast to say to anybody from Tesla who's listening, because I do know there are a number of employees who listen, probably across a lot of different disciplines, and maybe the right person will hear this. We want factory tours for the public to come back, please. Uh, Or at least, if not to the general public, at least for Tesla owners, which is how the system was set up before. Bring those tours back in Fremont and let's introduce them in Austin, in Berlin, in Shanghai as well. I know this is not the first time I've said this on the podcast, but as I talked about on uh, last week's Lightning Round mini episode on Patreon, It is just so incredible to see these factories from the inside, as I have had the pleasure to do a few times over the years in Fremont. So Tesla, please, let's make factory tours happen at all of the Gigafactory sites. They'd be really, really fun to to make them road trip material, right? For you, you take your Tesla and you drive to each of the Gigafactories that at least in the U.S. And then maybe at some point you get a chance to visit Shanghai, visit Berlin. Be really, really cool to see. I mean, I'd even I'd love to see Giga New York, Giga Buffalo, where the superchargers are made, the solar roof tiles, the solar panels. I'd that'd be fun to see. Would it admittedly be quite as exciting for me personally as the car factories? No, but I'd still love to see it. Just be it just be interesting to me. Anyway, on to the next story. Uh, some attention is finally going to be paid by Tesla's Brain Trust to Smart Summon and Auto Park. Elon took to Twitter unprompted to say, quote, autopilot slash AI team is also working on Optimus and, in parentheses, actually smart summon slash auto park, which have end of month deadlines. So first of all, I want to note, I appreciate the way that he phrased that by saying that the deadlines are coming up at the end of the month, instead of saying that the feature itself would be coming in, well, to use an Elonism, 
two weeks. <laughs> so he didn't say it's, it'll be two weeks. He said, well, their deadline, the team deadlines for this are at the end of the month. So uh, I appreciated that. I also appreciate him acknowledging that Smart Summon hasn't really been that good. And, and I don't mean that maliciously. I'm not trying to knock anybody down at Tesla, but those of you who have tried it are probably nodding your heads along in agreement as I say that. It just hasn't worked very well. I mean, if you're like me, you probably tried it once or twice and then gave up on it. I mean, it totally can be awesome. I have absolutely zero doubts about that. And I understand that the autopilot team has had just a slightly bigger priorities for the past couple of years as they have dove headfirst into the FSD project. So I am really, really excited that some attention is going to be paid to specifically Smart Summon, but hey, Auto Park as well. I don't use Auto Park either because I have seen it buzz curbs way too closely. Uh, I do not want curb rash on my wheels, and it's uh, it's a, it's been a little scary on the times that I've tried Auto Park. So seeing both of them are going to be getting some love from the brain trust of Tesla, that makes me happy to hear. Next up this week, a new analysis of Tesla's order backlog reveals that it looks like it's improving, albeit slowly. I saw this story reported on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, according to an analysis by Troy Teslike, who is a a prominent person in the community that specifically his specialty is digging into this kind of data, Tesla's estimated order backlog is roughly 414,000 cars as of the end of August. This represents about 102 days of production at Tesla's vehicle gigafactories. However, this backlog is a significant improvement compared to the backlog between March and July. During that time, Tesla saw a reported backlog of over half a million vehicles. Although Tesla did not confirm the reason for the backlog drop, it appears that it comes from increased production at Giga Shanghai and Fremont. Some models are worse off than others for those still waiting for vehicles, and there are three examples given here. Number one, the Tesla Model X long range is currently on a 365-day backlog, a full year. The Tesla Model 3 long range faces a 202-day backlog in Canada and the United States, while the Tesla Model Y long-range all-wheel drive is also facing a 167-day backlog in the United States, nearly six months. Tesla has noted that they would like this average wait time of, they'd like to get it down to 102 days now, down to 28 to 56, in other words, four to uh, seven weeks there, or excuse me, eight weeks. Uh, It's worth noting up front, by the way, that this is an unofficial, albeit very well-researched analysis by Troy Teslake. But with that caveat out of the way, these are not official Tesla numbers. These are well-researched community analysis, which, hey, I'm all for that because that's what I do. But Anyway, in the like in the high likelihood that Troy is at least in the ballpark, if not pretty darn close to dead on, I have some thoughts on this. First, the one-year backlog on the Model X. That is and continues to be a big problem. I mean, it's a big problem in a vacuum, but when you also take into account the fact that historically 
the X outsells the S by about a 55 to 45 split, sometimes even swelling up to 60-40, it means that Tesla's leaving money on the table by virtue of the new X still lagging so far behind the new Model S production-wise. Now, second, I would expect the Model 3 long-range backlog to get shorter than the 202 days, or roughly six to seven months that it's estimated to be now, but due only really to the drastic measure that the company took that, as you will recall from just a few weeks ago, they've stopped taking orders on the Model 3 long range here in North America. Now, this brings me to this week's Patreon poll, which again, you do not have to be a Patreon backer to vote in. And the question posed this week was simply, when in 2023 do you think you'll be able to place an order for a Model 3 long range once again. Most of you uh, feeling very optimistic, and by the way, I would have voted right along with this uh, majority of people as well. Most of you voting Q1, that Tesla's not gonna push this too far into 2023. You know, on the design studio, it just says 2023. And for now, uh, that's all we have to go on. But 69% of you, nice, voted Q1, 23% 23% Q2, just 5% thinking it'll stretch to the second half of the year in Q3, and 3% of the 123 votes cast as of my recording voted Q4. So thanks to everybody for voting in that. And again, if you are interested in participating in those Patreon polls, you can look for them on my Patreon page, usually either Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights is when I post those. Now, third, the third point I wanted to make here about Troy Tesla's estimates, the Model Y backlog should go down or at worst stay the same. Because if demand stays where it's been, which is very high right now, it's going to come down by virtue of Giga Texas ramping up production. Now, we just talked about them building their 10,000th vehicle there. But if demand goes up, which is possible, the Model Y continues to sell more and more. If demand goes up, hopefully the ramp up in Texas can at least offset that here in the United States. Again, I'm I'm leaving Berlin out of this because I'm just looking at the design studio and looking at orders out of America here in uh, for the U.S. and well, North America, the U.S. and Canada. Now, these are good problems for Tesla to have. But they are problems, nevertheless. They're, they're problems that really any car company would, would kill to have, but it's still a challenge for Tesla to solve. And we know, the good news is we know they're not sitting around. It's not like they're just sitting there with their one factory in Fremont going, well, you know, we'll do the best we can out of this factory. No, they are sprouting up new factories around the world and they are attacking this problem and the wait times will come down in time. There's no doubt about that. And next up this week, I have heard, just again, I'm over here in America, but I've been reading about how the energy cost situation in Europe is a really significant issue right now. And it's being felt not just in people's homes, but unfortunately now that is extending to European superchargers as well for Tesla drivers. Tesla sent out an email to European owners informing them of the price changes, saying, quote, due to increasing energy prices, we have adjusted supercharger pricing across Europe. 
Now, per Drive Tesla Canada, German supercharger prices specifically had been about 55 to 57 uh, euro. Well, what's the? They're not cents. I don't know what euro. I'm such an ignorant American right now. 0.55 to 0.57 euros. I guess that's just the way to say it. 0.55 to 0.57 euros per kilowatt hour. Now, I'm going to have to look that up right after the podcast. So you don't need to email me. I'm going to figure that out right as soon as I'm done. But now uh, those supercharger prices have been hiked to 0.70 to 0.72 euros per kilowatt hour, a bump of about 30%. Now, at the moment, I did look this up. The euro is currently one to one with the US dollar. So basically, in Germany, it's 70 cents per kilowatt hour, 70 to 72 cents per kilowatt hour. Let's say you're on a road trip. Let's say you put 60 kilowatt hours into your Model 3 or Model Y, and that's just one stop on your trip, right? That means that's over $40 in fuel for, you know, roughly, what, 200 miles of travel. That is getting awfully close to gasoline prices, which, you know, you don't want to see. The you, you, EVs should be cheaper to operate in all situations, not just at home. And and by the way, you want to see you want people to be able to see that savings all the time. You know, it's it's you don't just want that to be something. Well, where if I go on a trip and it's not really any cheaper than the gas car, so maybe I should just stick with that gas car because gassing up's more convenient on road trips. And you know, you just don't want to allow that thought into prospective customers' minds. So I know Tesla's not doing this as a profit driver. But it's still just unfortunate to see regardless. Now, this, I will say, this is one reason that I'm very excited about our upcoming solar panel installation that we're doing with Budget Safe Solar. Still in the permitting phase, by the way. Uh, the update there is permitting is expecting to, we're expecting to get those permits in a, uh, the first week of October. So just a, a little little ways yet to wait there. But and I'm, I, I promise I'm not trying to plug them here, but I'll do that at the end of the show. That's where I do the plugs. But um, my point here is this. Obviously, driving on renewable energy is awesome. But just from a sheer economic perspective, once this is obviously my own hypothesis, I'm happy to be wrong. But once the majority of people are buying electric vehicles as their next new car, which is already happening, and should turn into a majority of buyers over the next decade or maybe at most two decades. But when that happens, think about there's no way that utility companies are not going to seize that opportunity to cash in. They're going to understand. They're going to figure out, hey, we're the new oil companies. We're the new, we're the new, the new oil providers, in effect, providing people with the, the fuel for their cars as far as transportation goes. So those, EV, those uh, utility companies are going to raise their rates, and there really won't be anything that anybody can do about it unless you've got solar and you're basically, you're your own oil company, as it were. <laughs> you're utilizing the sun. And I mean, it's just my two cents on this, but... It, it just uh, it kind of made me feel even more encouraged by the the commitment that my wife and I made to to go in solar here that we're just at the beginning stages of. 
All right. Two more stories this week. The first of those is this. Giga Canada. Yeah, I'm busting out that term. The Giga Canada rumors continue to heat up. Remember that story from a couple of episodes ago talking about the very transparent interest that Canada has in landing the next Gigafactory location? Well, this past week, Canada's Minister of Innovation, Science, and Industry, Francois-Philippe Champagne, traveled to California, to the Tesla Fremont factory, to discuss that very opportunity with, quote, senior management, and then he went ahead and posted a quick video to Twitter to confirm the meeting. Take a quick listen. Hi, everyone. As you can see, we are here uh, after the Detroit Auto Show. We're in Fremont in California. Many of you were asking, where am I going in California? Well, you see it. We were at Tesla today visiting their uh, manufacturing facility, but also uh, meeting with the senior management to talk about uh, battery electric vehicle, obviously, the Canadian ecosystem. Uh, and how can we in Canada make an economy work that works for everyone? So this was great meetings. Thank you for following us. I wish you also a very nice weekend. Well, I suppose they'd rather get out ahead of it and just try to manage the narrative themselves, right? Instead of letting leaks and rumors potentially get out of control. You always want to be in control of your own narrative. Uh, I'd say the Vegas odds at this point on Canada, in fact, being awarded the next Gigafactory site just went up. And if it does happen, it would officially be Tesla's fourth Gigafactory in North America. Because again, Giga Buffalo, superchargers, solar panels, solar roof tiles. That one always tends to get left out. And now it's the second mention of it on this week's show. <laughs> so if you're playing, I don't know, is there, a, is there like a Ride the Lightning bingo out there or a Ride the Lightning drink, uh, drinking game that anybody's made? Oh, he said... Uh, Giga Buffalo, that's that's take a shot. That's uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are all sorts of little Ryan mannerisms that would be on that list too. Anyway, uh, Giga Buffalo, let's let's not forget about it. But as I mentioned last time, I covered this potential Giga Canada story. We are expecting to hear official word from Elon and Tesla about that next Gigafactory site by the end of this year. So one way or another. It might not be too long now. For all we know, this this could have been the the contract getting signed. I don't want to. That's unfair speculation. But you know, maybe this is, or it could be nothing, right? It could be, oh no, sorry, it's not going to work out. But thanks for coming to talk to us and visit with us. It could be anything across the board. But optimistically speaking, uh, based on the timeline here that we've been given, I, I choose to believe that this is a good sign. That, that the Canadian minister there coming out, the Minister of Innovation, Science, and, and Industry coming out to California to meet with senior management at Tesla is a good sign that the front runner in this next Gigafactory race is indeed Canada. Finally this week, Elon Musk returned to Jay Leno's garage, except he invited Jay to his garage in Texas, the big one, where he keeps his starships. It was uh, an entirely SpaceX-themed segment here this time. I mean, you know, you've you've seen Elon on Jay Leno's garage. He was on there in what 2020 with the Cybertruck when he let Jay drive it through the Boring Company tunnel. He went on with Franz for the to see the Roadster. Like Jay is, has featured Tesla a good bit, and Elon himself has been on Jay Leno's garage at least two or three times now. Uh, including this most recent appearance. Now, 
This one, as I said, this it was entirely SpaceX themed, so I'm not going to get too far into it, but it's certainly still interesting to watch. The full episode is currently on the CNBC Prime YouTube channel for what the folks there say is a limited time if you'd like to watch it. I don't know why they're going to, I guess they want to get you on to Peacock or whatever, whatever substreaming service that the Jay Leno's Garage lives on. But anyway, you can currently see the whole episode right on YouTube if you'd like to watch it. I do have two short clips to share with you from it. The first one is a little selfish, I admit. It's just, I got a personal kick out of the intro to the whole segment because Elon said the name of my car. Take a listen to this. Even if we we're sure Earth would be fine forever, do you want to be here forever? Do we have a spurt of adventure? If you've been a listener of this podcast for a while, you probably know that when I first got my Model 3 four years ago, I went into the UI and named my car, as we all can, and I named it the Spirit of Adventure, both for what that phrase represents unto itself, and also because Pixar's Up is one of my favorite movies ever. So uh, I got a kick out of that when Elon just happened to utter that phrase. Now, uh, a little more seriously, here is the second clip I've got for you from his last appearance, most recent appearance here on Jay Leno's Garage, where Elon very briefly talks about how SpaceX helps Tesla and vice versa. Any lessons from Tesla that you adopted to SpaceX? Well, the automotive industry is very good at manufacturing, and the rocket industry is good at advanced materials and making things light. So that's where the cross-pollination is most useful, is taking manufacturing techniques from automotive, applying them to rockets, taking advanced materials and design from rockets and applying them to cars. Well, we will see that cross-pollination get taken to the next level in the coming uh, 18 to 24 months or so. I guess, no, 12 to... 12 to 24 months, because the Cybertruck will debut in roughly 12 months or so, wrapped in that same cold-rolled 30X stainless steel that Starship uses. And then the next-gen Roadster will debut sometime after that with the cold gas thrusters that make up the SpaceX package on that car. So the uh, technology sharing continues between SpaceX and Tesla. And who benefits? We do. We Tesla owners do. All right, that is everything I've got for you in this week's Tesla news, but stick with me. I will be right back with plenty of your Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls coming up in just a minute. One more reminder that all September long, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by AccelerateAuto.com and their X-Care extended warranties for EVs. As many of you, especially those of you like me, are coming out of factory warranty on your Model 3 know, Tesla no longer offers an extended warranty option themselves on any of the four cars. Enter Accelerate a company started by a couple of people who worked at Tesla back in the early Model S days, helped the company launch their original leasing program. They're also longtime Tesla owners themselves, so X-Care is built specifically for EVs and covers uh, offers coverage for up to 10 years and up to 175,000 miles with a $100 deductible. The plans are flexible. You don't have to go that far out. You can go with a shorter thing if you want. So by design, it mirrors Tesla's own now discontinued extended service agreement coverage, covers everything minus stuff like cosmetic damage, rattles, and consumables. 
And Xcare wants you to know that they have now helped pay for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of service, and they typically see things like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for the Model 3 and Model Y, door handles for the Model S, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension, which of course would be S and X, and more. They also, uh, just aside from the warranty stuff, they facilitate leasing for consumers, businesses, and public entities that are looking for more creative leasing solutions than a cookie-cutter approach. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you want to. So, learn more, find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. Use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. I will confess to you, I should have, I should have emailed them ahead of time to ask. I don't know how long that lightning discount code is going to last once the month is over. So if you have been thinking about it, you've heard me mention it each, uh, each show this month. Get to the website, check it out, 100 bucks off with that lightning code. Thank you to the folks at Accelerate Auto. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, this is the section of the podcast where you might get to hear it. The Ride the Lightning Hotline, welcome. You are welcome to participate. I invite you to do so. Call in anytime in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90-second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That's a toll-free number that's available 24-7, and the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. We kick it off this week with Dave from Yorktown, Virginia. Hey, Ryan, this is Dave from Yorktown, Virginia, calling. Uh, got a report uh, from myself uh, on the full self-driving beta that I have, the new version that came out, 1069.2. There's a lot of great differences in that, improvements. Uh, in particular, for me, I have a couple places where I have one lane. It splits into two uh, until this came out. Uh, the car would dither between uh, one lane or other as the one lane split into two. And now the car very smoothly decides it wants to stay more to the right. And uh, it's much more smooth. Uh, there's not as much herky-jerkiness uh, when you have these lane splits. Uh, the other one, which is welcome for me, is uh, on-ramps to interstates. Uh, typically, when the car would come onto an interstate uh, coming up to speed, it would just love to hold about one millimeter to the left-hand lane marker uh, as I was coming up into the, into traffic, uh, which probably made a lot of people nervous. Now I find that the car comes in uh, pretty much centered uh, on the on-ramp as it gets into traffic. And again, when it merges into traffic on full self-driving, it's much smoother uh, and doesn't like, kind of move around a lot. So. I'm sure there's more great things. Those are two that I noticed right off the bat. Uh, really enjoy my full self-driving beta. Really enjoy listening to uh, all the news and information that comes in your podcast. Keep up the good work. See you later. 
Dave, thank you for the kind words and for your call. I am glad to see that you've observed some tangible improvements in your driving scenarios with that latest FSD beta. And I have to tell you, I wish I could say the same. Normally, I talk about this at the end of the show coming up after this segment, but this seems like a good place to talk about it. For me, here in San Francisco, or I guess I'm in LA now, but at home in San Francisco, while I definitely have seen some steps forward I talked about one of the big ones, one of the big improvements I noticed last week. Unfortunately, after I recorded that last week, uh, I had drove it, a, used it a lot over the weekend, and I had a pretty rough weekend with it overall. Once I once I got it out and really started to put it through its paces, a lot of phantom braking. Or if it wasn't that, it was the car deciding to just stop for no apparent reason. But as I said, the march of progress continues and. For me, I'll say the same thing that I said when I first was lucky enough to get into the beta almost a year ago. I opted into this beta because I wanted a front row seat for this journey uh, on this march of progress. It has been fun. I'm eager to see how it improves next. I guess we're next week, hopefully, uh, supposed to, supposedly to coincide with AI Day. We are looking forward to the next version, that point three release, 10.69 Dot three. Next up, Shane from Seattle. Hello, Ryan. This is Shane from Seattle, Washington. You were asking about if people use their frunk, and I use my frunk all the time. I There's a couple big reasons for me. One is because it's outside of the air circulation compartment of the main cabin, and so I put takeout up there or otherwise smelly food to isolate from the rest of the cabin. I also use it strategically if I want to keep things cool or warm based on the outside environment separately from what's inside the cabin. The other thing I really like is that the frunk of my Model Y, at least, has a slight angle to it on the base so that when I put just some groceries in there, they pretty much stay in place. Compared to anywhere else I put them in the car, they slide around. So I find it really convenient for groceries. I find it really convenient for takeout food. And I would absolutely love a powered frunk to make that one step easier. And with that, I'll just say thank you so much for your podcast. And thank you for keeping it super positive. It's one of my favorite things about your show. Shane, thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. You know, I mean, we're all here to have an hour or so a week to just talk about this common interest we all share. I do intentionally try to make it fun and positive, and I'm glad that comes across. Now, as to your call... You cite a couple of great use cases for the frunk. Now, funny enough, I did use mine right after recording last week's episode for probably the first, it's probably the first time I've opened the frunk in months. My wife and I were at a concert and she wanted to leave her purse in the frunk since it would be a little bit more secure. Most thieves are probably not going to think to check there. And even if they did, they would have a heck of a time trying to get in. Uh, your point about the grocery bags in the front, by the way, reminded me of something that I hadn't thought about in a while. The older Model 3s have grocery hooks in the front for this exact purpose that you're talking about. Now, sadly, Tesla got rid of those grocery hooks a couple years ago or so. In fact, I don't think any of the Model Ys still have them, but anyway... The good, it sounds like the good news is that the angle of the frunk's floor is such that your groceries are still kept in place in your car, which is definitely the goal at the end of the day. So, Shane, thank you very much for calling in. 
Let's go to the Bay Area here, Santa Cruz, and hear from Justin. Hey, Ryan, this is Justin from Santa Cruz, California. I have a question, comment, tip, concern. I'm not sure, maybe all of the above, but I uh, thought I'd share my experience. After almost a year away for uh, my Model Y, I just got into the uh, delivery window the other day, and it was right as uh, the whole self-driving was about to go up in price. I hadn't had a VIN assigned yet, but um, I wanted to add the enhanced in fear that uh, that, that was going to go up in price as well. So um, I added the enhanced autopilot, and my delivery window immediately changed um, to a couple of weeks out, so I was no longer within the window. Uh, very frustrated. I contacted them via the chat window, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, and said, what the hell? Uh, you know, why am I delayed now? I'm giving you more money. And they said that anytime you change anything in the design studio, uh, it delays. And I said, well, because of production. But I said, well, this is software. If I had the car, in two seconds, I could make it happen. It's already in every car produced that you make. It has nothing to do with production. Anyways, they wouldn't help me at all. Um, and then a few days later, I got bumped out a couple more months. And now I am sitting at a November to December delivery, which will have been probably about 14 months since my original order. Anyways, very frustrating. My only uh, maybe silver lining in this is uh, if I can get to that December and then maybe delay, maybe after the first year, I could potentially get the, the tax credit. Um, or any updates that you spoke about last week with the new steering wheel or whatever you're doing. Anyways, uh, appreciate your podcast. Take care. Let me know what you think. Justin, I am sorry to hear that your long wait just keeps getting longer. I think it's perfectly reasonable for Tesla to delay your delivery date if you make a change to a physical component of the car, be it the paint color, interior color, the wheels, etc. But as you duly noted, Adding a software package doesn't affect physical production whatsoever. Tesla really should have a better slash smarter system to account for this. I mean, history says they are always trying to evolve and improve their production process. So hopefully in a year from now, stuff like this just won't happen anymore. But I know that doesn't help you now. So good luck in this last couple of months before delivery unless you decide to change things again on purpose, maybe by removing enhanced autopilot, so that maybe you will get that bump into 2023 for that new tax credit. Next, we go to uh, an old regular caller, Brian from Pennsylvania. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Wapwall from Pennsylvania here. Looking for some validation from some of the other Tesla owners, specifically anyone that maybe has a 2021 Model Y hardware 3.0 without radar vision only. Ever since day one owning my car, I always get an error when I'm on dark roads that my left front camera is blocked or blinded. And it's always the left front camera and no other camera. I do occasionally get the error about other cameras being blocked or blinded, but not repeatedly every minute, every 30 seconds, every two minutes or so about the left front camera being blocked or blinded. Tesla has no idea. They, they don't know what's wrong. They, they've replaced computer, cameras, wires, and th some of the engineers say it, it's supposed to do that, and some of the people are saying, no, that's not right. Um, they're offering to buy back my car, and so I can get a new one. I would hate to buy back the car 
and get a new one and then find out the engineers were right. It is normal. Uh, I hate to go through all that. So I'm looking for validation if anyone else out there has uh, with the cameras. Anytime I have a loner, the loners don't do it. However, the loners, um, most of the event hardware 2.5, I'm hardware 3.0, and this happens either in autopilot and full self-driving. So it's been doing it before full self-driving, and it does it with full self-driving. So that isn't what's causing it either. Anyone out there has heard this, done this, or felt this, I would love to hear it. And uh, thanks again. Brian, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that you're dealing with this frustrating issue. But conversely, I'm also really glad to hear that Tesla has been responsive and communicative with you. While obviously I'm not Tesla and I'm definitely not the engineering team, as somebody who does spend a lot of time in the Tesla community on a daily basis, I can say that I've never heard of this before anywhere. This, this just does not seem like something that should be happening. I would take them up on the buyback, I think, if I were you. I know I don't have all the details, and it's easy for me to sit here and say that, uh, you know, thinking about the other ways that it can affect your life while you wait for a new one and this and that. But based on what you're telling me, I would take them up on the buyback. I understand, again, that that not just could, but almost certainly would result in some level of inconvenience for you as you wait for that new one. And you got to deal with insurance as well, potentially, but et cetera, that... It's just not behavior that should be happening. We will see if anyone else calls in or emails in to say that they've had this happen to them on a frequent basis. But regardless, good luck to you, Brian. And if you do decide to get another one, hopefully my cousin will be the one to deliver your car again. I think uh, Brian knows what I'm talking about. I think I might have mentioned that at some point when Brian called in. Small world, my cousin who works in deliveries for Tesla messaged me one day and was like, Brian from Pennsylvania, a regular a caller on your show. I delivered his car. So that was just such a fun, small world thing. Uh, Matt is up next. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Ryan. Matt here. I'm excited to share that I'm finally going to become a Tesla owner again since turning in my Model S lease many years ago. I'm looking to order a Model Y long range here soon, thanks to the new government rebate going into effect in 2023. And my question to you is, I thought the Model Y's qualification for the full rebate was a done deal. It's on the Department of Energy's official website list of vehicles that will qualify in the coming year. However, I keep seeing discussion on Reddit that it might not qualify for the full credit due to the batteries not fully being made in the United States. So do you have any insight into this discrepancy? Also, I'm trying to time my order so the vehicle doesn't get delivered early in December. What's the current policy on delaying an order a few weeks if needed? I spoke to a, an advisor at a store, and he said that Tesla is well aware that a lot of people are going to be trying to aim for delivery in 2023, but he was a little vague on how long I could delay my delivery. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, Matt. First of all, congratulations on jumping back into Tesla ownership. That is awesome. Second of all, you are doing everything the smartest way possible here. You obviously want to avoid a 2022 delivery since it's worth $7,500 to you if you can wait, provided that you qualify. But at this point, the Model Y backlog is so long that if you just wait one more month, then I don't think you'll have to worry about getting a delivery window anywhere in 2022. The estimate for the long range Y 
at the moment is December 2022 at the earliest. That is the earliest you could see it according to their their delivery estimate. So maybe just wait for the calendar to flip to October, which is right around the corner, and you probably should be good in that regard. And then uh, with regard to the battery, admittedly, no one knows for sure just yet. But given that the batteries for every Model Y are made in either Nevada or Texas, you should be golden. So happy shopping, Matt. Uh, All right, let me do two more calls this week. The first of those will be Cody in Tennessee. Hey, Ryan, Cody in Tennessee, calling to see if you have any information regarding the, quote, rerouting to a less busy supercharger, end quote, algorithm. And, And what's that based off of? So I was driving across Tennessee today. The planner had me going to a v3 it's a relatively new v3 that um i've charged at several times over the last couple of months with with no issue i've frankly never seen another tesla there so i was driving and the car said you you do not need to go there you need to go to this nearby charger that's a v2 not a v3 and um charge for effectively twice the time um, to get home, and you know, I started looking at the map while we were charging, and it said it was just red all around. And I started to think about what what's different there, and it is a brand new Bucky's. My friends from the southeast in Texas will know they attract a lot of tourists, and I wondered if the algorithm is based off of map usage, the busy the busyness around on the map versus actually plugging into the supercharger. Because um, when I ended up driving by that charger later, it was completely empty there was not a single car charging but the line to get off the exit was very long everyone turning right to go to the buckies when the charger is to the left so curious if you have any information on that algorithm what feeds it and um maybe there's an opportunity here to improve it if that was indeed the case at the time which i can only think that it was because this is this charger is kind of in the middle of nowhere so cheers go vols talk soon bye Hey, Cody, great to hear from you, and you pose an interesting question that I wish I had a clear answer for you on. However, at least from your unofficial experiment, it would certainly appear as though the answer to your question is that, yes, traffic is factored into the supercharger navigation and the subsequent rerouting to another supercharger that can happen, particularly with the variables at play in your situation. I had always thought that it was simply looking at how many stalls were available at the originally intended supercharger, and if it was only one or zero with the little clock wait time icon, then it would reroute you. And it no doubt does do that, but it would be pretty cool if your theory was also correct, even if it didn't quite play out the way the car thought it would in your case. Thanks, as always, for your calls. And our last caller this week is Wayne from St. Louis with a fun little movie trivia fact as it regards to Tesla. Go ahead, Wayne. Hey, Ryan. It's Wayne from St. Louis, Missouri. Model Y, long range. uh, New owner, I guess. Took my Model Y last month. Uh, Me and my buddy were uh, watching The Dark Knight recently, and we're both Tesla owners. And we thought it would be super cool to have a bat pod mode on our Teslas to where it would have that sound uh, as we accelerate and decelerate and whatnot. Um, after I Googled it, uh, found out that the BatPod sound was actually born from, I guess, the Tesla Roadster uh, and then, you know, tweaked or whatever. Super cool piece of information. It 
Tesla engineer, uh, we need to get on this. Let's get a bat pod Easter egg mode for uh, an upcoming software release. Anyway, love the show. Love what you do. Learning so much about Tesla and uh, my car from listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Wayne, thank you for the call and also for the kind words. And thank you for teaching me a fun new Tesla fact that I did not previously know. I'm a huge fan of The Dark Knight. I can honestly, genuinely say that as of today, it's my favorite movie of all time. I rewatch it at least once a year. I love that movie. And I did not know that the Bat Pod motorcycle uses sound effects from the original Tesla Roadster. Sure enough, you are correct. I found the citation on autoblog.com who writes, if you have access to the two-disc Dark Knight DVD, I'm sure it's probably on the Blu-ray too, you can learn more in the Evolution of the Night featurette on the bonus features disc at about minute five, the video starts describing the bat pod, and at nine minutes and 30 seconds, it gets into sound design. There's a brief video of the Tesla recording session at minute 10. So thank you, Wayne, for that. That is super duper cool. I just love everything about that. Uh, thanks to everybody that took the time to call in. And if you would like to respond to something that you heard in the hotline from me or a caller or something I talked about in the news, Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. You've got a chance to be featured on the podcast if you do call in. So I gave you those two easy ways that you can call in. Refer back to the top of this segment for those. All right, stick with me. I'm not quite done yet. I've got your pro tip of the week and more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Let me give you an entertainment recommendation, since I already gave you my FSD beta impressions earlier in the hotline section there. Entertainment recommendation this week, you gotta check out Star Wars Andor on Disney+. Plus. I, I will be totally honest, when, I, when this show was announced, I was like... Eh, all right, this one, I, there's, there's nothing really initially drawing me into this. I don't know if I super care. But one episode in, and they put up the first three. I'm only one episode in. I watched it on the flight down here. It is excellent. It is very gritty. It is very just different. It has a different vibe than the other shows. I mean, The Mandalorian is the gold standard for Star Wars as far as I'm just personally. That's my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. But I enjoyed Obi-Wan, some of these other ones. But boy, Andor is off to a fantastic start. I mean, it's... It's borderline not for kids. I mean, I I don't know. I can't definitively say that one way or the other, but a thing happens in the beginning of the first episode where you're like, oh, okay, this is not going to be like your uh, typical, normal, family-friendly Star Wars thing. So check that out if, uh, if you are a Star Wars fan and are looking for some new Star Wars to watch. All right, time for your pro tip of the week. Scott in Pennsylvania, the floor is yours. Hi, Ryan. This is Scott in Pennsylvania, a very happy Model Y owner with hopefully a pro tip. I imagine some people might already know about this, but uh, if not, I find it very useful. And that is the ability to share a location or destination from other devices with your car. So for instance, if I'm on my Apple phone um, and I use Apple Maps, I find a location while I'm inside the house. 
I go down to the little share icon underneath the location information. And if you click on share, that'll bring up some options like airdrop and messages, email, uh, maybe some socials. And if you keep scrolling over, you'll find the Tesla icon there. If you just click on that, that will uh, show you a message that says it was shared with your vehicle. And then when you get into the car, the destination will already be loaded up, ready to go. That way you don't have to kind of go into the navigate menu in the Tesla navigation itself. Hope that helps. Thanks for the great podcast and say hi to Daisy. Bye-bye. Thank you, Scott. This one has definitely been mentioned once or twice before, but this one is easily one of the top five pro tips that, in my opinion, every Tesla owner out there should know because it's just so incredibly useful. And thus, I'm happy to play it again for all the new listeners slash new owners out there. Uh, this one, it's probably good for like a once a year play. You know, it's every once a year, just remind everybody, oh yeah, you can do that thing where you just send directions to the car. I use it all the time and it's awesome. So Scott, I am glad to hear that you're loving your Model Y. Take care and thank you for that pro tip. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it in. You call in the same way that you call in with any of the other regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, and I gave you the instructions for that earlier in the podcast, so refer back to that. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that perhaps can be of use to you. There's abstractocean.com, makers of a whole big old virtual warehouse full of great aftermarket Tesla accessories. For instance, the rear footwell lighting kit, the tempered glass screen protectors, the just there's a bunch of interior lighting kits uh, a lot there's a lot just I, I went through a, a little bit of it a couple weeks ago but just head on over when you get a chance abstractocean.com and there's a 15% discount waiting for you if you're a new customer use the coupon code rtlpodcast at checkout to get that 15% off of your first order rtlpodcast all one word and then snap plate. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. It's available for all four Teslas. This is the front license plate bracket that will go on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's secure. And when it's on, it's paint safe, it's grill safe, it's radiator safe, it's autopilot safe. It's a clean minimalist design that's going to blend in really nicely with the front end of the car when it's installed. And if you want to take it off, be it for you're going to detail it, you're going to take it to a cars and coffee car show or something like that. You can take it off and it's going to leave no unsightly hardware behind when it is removed. Removed, unlike the front license plate bracket that Tesla gives you, which uses automotive tape and will leave a little something or a lot of something behind if you try to take it off. So make those fix-it tickets go away if you live in a state that requires that front license plate. Again, get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. How about Budget Safe Solar? I mentioned them a little bit earlier on in the show, but they want me to remind you that contact them today if you have the slightest interest in installing solar on your home or business property. Why now? Because tomorrow your neighborhood may have reached its circuit capacity and may not be able to handle another customer supplying that aged infrastructure until repairs are completed gosh knows how long from now. So don't get shut out. Uh, visit them today at BudgetSafeSolar.com. And if you do elect to proceed with a solar installation on your home or business, please use the coupon, uh, not the coupon code, the referral code RTL. I humbly 
ask that you do that so that you know they know that you came from the podcast. Immaculate Reflections, found at irdetailing.com. You got to go there if you are in the mood to treat yourself, treat your car, and you're going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. I'll tell you, just just Jeff's, uh, Jeff's the owner and proprietor there. His uh, Instagram alone is a fun follow. He's immaculate underscore reflections. He gets all kinds of cool stuff rolling up into his shop. Every Tesla imaginable, and, uh, and it, obviously, and then certainly stuff like Ferraris, the new Corvette. He's had McLarens in there. It's, it's just really cool to see all the stuff that rolls into his shop. So you can follow him on Instagram. And then if you are interested in getting some detail work on your car, maybe uh, look him up, irdetailing.com. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there will be a discount waiting for you if you do book some work in. Maybe it's going to be some paint protection film on summer all the car. Maybe it's going to be ceramic coating. Maybe it's going to be paint correction. Maybe it's going to be some combination of those. So again, irdetailing.com on that. And then puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. You got to take good care of your dash cam and sentry mode. This is just such a great feature that Tesla added for free. When I took delivery of my car four years ago, there was no sentry mode. There was no dash cam. It was added for free as an over-the-air update, putting those cameras to work when you're not in the car. And I just, I love it. It's, it's, It's the number one feature in my book that Tesla has added since I took delivery. Obviously, everybody has a a different sort of barometer for that because if you took delivery, say, one year ago, well, you've had that sentry mode since the beginning. But anyway, you got to take care of your sentry mode, and you do that with a pure Tesla kit that's micro SD-based, so it's going to be built for the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode require Get yours again, puretesla.com slash RTL, 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit, 69 bucks if you want to step up to the 256 gig, comes fully formatted, ready to go, works with Mac or PC, and they'll ship anywhere in the world, but free shipping anywhere in the US, which is really nice. And then Jada, my friends over there, they make very nice center console centric accessories. There's the USB hub console, which is a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple Watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. There's the Jada tray, which I have in my car. It's a tech-focused center console organizer. It just drops in. There's no tools required. It works really great. It just There's one little wire that runs from it just below it to the one of the USB ports in, uh, in your center console, and that powers the wireless charging uh, part of it for your either Apple AirPods on there or your Pixel Buds. They also sell the wireless charging pad for the older Model 3s like mine, a fourth generation wireless charging pad, which I highly recommend. Uh, they also have a USB hub. They got a bunch of stuff, so check them out. Uh, I ask that you use my referral link because that way they'll know you came from Ride the Lightning and full transparency, they'll throw me a couple of bucks from the sale if you do that. In return for you using this URL, I'll give you a coupon code for a discount. So first the coupon code, RTL, pretty simple there, and the referral link that I humbly and politely ask that you use, it's getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. The Patreon, I mentioned it at the top, but it's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. 
That is the way that you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. It's always going to come out for free every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But as I hope comes across, I put a lot of love, a lot of time, a lot of research and energy and enthusiasm into this podcast each and every single week. And it's, you know, it's there for free. But if you see fit to support me, it would really make a difference for me. Every little bit helps. It adds up. I'd appreciate it. So you can check out all the support tiers. Again, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The base tier is the $5 a month. We call that the sport tier, named after the uh, acceleration mode in the Model 3 performance. And that'll get you early access. In fact, this week, since I'm recording on Thursday night, any of the all patrons at that $5 level, which is basically everybody, will, because uh, that's the, the base tier, will get this podcast a day earlier than they even usually do. So a little, little extra bonus there. The ludicrous mode where you get that weekly bonus lightning round mini episode, that's the $10 a month tier in which you also get the early access. So, you know, the perks stack as you go. So check out my Patreon page if you would be so kind. Maybe maybe this is the week for you where you're willing to head on over there and, and uh, go ahead and back me on Patreon. Subscribe slash follow the podcast on any of the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and you can listen on YouTube. I'm on there if that's how you just prefer to, to listen. Maybe you've got a tab open at work or, or uh, when you're around the house, and that's, how, that's useful to you. So just search Ride the Lightning Tesla. You'll find me on YouTube. It's audio only. There's no video, but if that's how you want to listen, go for it. And then... Uh, the ways to get a hold of me via email, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or on social media, Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle on both DMC underscore Ryan. Finally, let me say a hello and a thank you to the higher tier Patreon backers. I'll start with the plaid tier, which the plaid tier has been retired, but these folks are grandfathered in. They've been very generous for a long time. So a shout out to them. The plaid crew George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk in air quotes, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, the Bear Boys of Colorado, and Raven Wolf Retrotech. Next up, the Maximum Plaid Tier backers who get invited to the monthly Patreon Zoom hangout, which, by the way, that's going to be happening this next weekend. The beginning of the month is, is here again, so I'll be sending out invites for that very soon. Thank you to the Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaro, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, 
Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Matt Asbury, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, and Doug Carey. And finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers. An extra big thank you goes out to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. Thanks to everybody kind enough to back me on Patreon. Again, it really makes a difference in my life, my family's life. I appreciate your generosity in helping keep the podcast rolling. And with that, uh, I'm going to get to bed here in Los Angeles. I've got a busy work day tomorrow, but I'm glad to get the podcast done and out to you if, uh, if you're on Patreon and certainly on Sunday morning. Hopefully it'll still sound good. I will admit to you, I don't like doing the podcast away from home only because I'm on my tiny laptop screen. Uh, this, <laughs> this hotel desk has a, it's like a glass top, so my, my mouse doesn't work on it. I gotta, I'm using my I, the back of my iPad as a, as a mouse pad. And, you know, it's, and hopefully the microphone sounds okay. It's my travel mic, my Blue Yeti. I did forget my pop filter, though, uh, which is unfortunate. Hopefully I did not pop my peas too badly on this week's episode. But hopefully everything sounds good to you. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. I thank you if you've made it this far. I appreciate your time very, very much because your time is so valuable. And with that, I hope you have a great week. I wish you happy electric motoring, and I will see you back here, as always, in one week's time. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.